0: there green future growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app and let's get growing. Welcome to the Organic Gardener podcast. I am so excited because it's Sunday, January 6th and Andrew Catherine's on the line and I just talked to Lindsay Jean Hard yesterday uh, who wrote the book it's a cookbook about using guard your scraps i forgot what it's called cooking with scraps cooking with scraps (laughs) that i know you're gonna love and so here's andrea andrea to talk to us today about i don't know what what are you talking
1: (laughs) to (laughs) us well first hi everyone I'm, i'm glad that you got a chance to talk to lindsay jean i enjoyed interviewing her it was really wonderful and i've learned a lot and i have her cookbook on hand and today I want to share about just like what I've been up to in this transition of the holidays. I have been making polenta and I've also been craving cooling herbs like cilantro and mint and, and then things like coconut and shredded coconut and coconut milk and just like recognizing that my body is wanting to cool off from all the inflammatory foods from the holidays. So I don't know if anyone else is feeling that. I'm I still- could totally <laughs> relate. Really, although
0: I'm almost having like an after holiday problem more than during the holiday. I was really good during the holidays. You've been so proud.
1: Oh, well, I'm happy to listen about what's going on for you at some point too, if you want to share. But yeah, I I realized I went home. I had a great holiday with my family. I hadn't been like the four of us, my parents and brother and I spent a lot of time together, especially my brother and I, which was such a gift. We get along really well and I got to just soak up all of that love, which also included more gluten and sugar than I normally eat. And so my body was really feeling that for a while. And I got home and I still wanted nourishing foods that felt really grounding and anchoring. And I had this cornmeal from Brooke Bohannon from Wicked Good Farm. And so I started making polenta and we've had it a few different ways. We've had it just with um, last night we had friends over and I put a whole chicken in a crock pot while I went and skinned the mountain. And we got home and the chicken had been with tomatoes and onions and peppers and it was so good. And we put that over polenta and we also made polenta fries. And I'm happy to tell folks how to make those things, but using organic cornmeal and having something different than just um, flour, is really nice and still feeling like I'm getting that nourishment and, you know, the substantial weightiness of a sticky, heavy food <laughs> without feeling inundated with sweet things and sweet breads and cookies and that kind of thing. So that's Yum. been, well, I love polenta.
0: How do you make polenta fries? I just saw something on uh, Facebook on, um, quinoa chicken nuggets without the chicken you know like some vegan thing so what are polenta fries
1: you know there is a restaurant in Ann Arbor years ago that used to make polenta fries and I think it's Grizzly Peak Brewing Company and they have really good polenta fries but I never tried to make them on my own so you make polenta like you normally would it's like one cup of that fine or medium cornmeal to four cups of water and then you can add butter and cheese if you want which I did this last batch I made it was so good or you can skip that and use coconut oil and some other spices if you want you can kind of play around with whatever works for you but then after the polenta is made and it's a lot of stirring it's a really sweet process it's a kind of a slow cooking process I've found and I enjoy that and then After it's done, you can spread it on a cookie sheet so it's only about an inch or or not even an inch, half an inch thick, and you can make it thinner if you want and let it cool. And then once it's cool, I even put it in the fridge overnight, then you can slice it like French fries and take a spatula and put, you know, spread those out on another cookie sheet and season them how you want. And our oven, the element in our oven actually broke this week, so we weren't able to do them fully in the oven. So I ended up having to put them on the skillet, but you just wanna make sure there's enough oil in the pan, uh, whether they're in the oven or on the skillet and it doesn't have to be deep fried. You know, you can do like, like you would with sweet potatoes or potatoes, do oven fries. And then I made a fry sauce for them. And there's so many different recipes and ways you can go about making fry sauce. Um, I think ours had pickle brine in it and it was delicious. So I definitely want to keep experimenting with polenta. And I really wanted to be able to make tortillas, but I think we actually need masa for that. So I'm not sure how to get from polenta to masa. Um, I have a lot of cornmeal or from cornmeal to masa. I have a lot of cornmeal, so my guess is we'll be doing a lot of polenta, maybe some grits. I don't know. We'll see what happens here.
0: <laughs> wow. I never made polenta. That, you made it sound pretty easy.
1: It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and it's it just thickens up, you know, really quickly and just stir it with a whisk or a wooden spoon. And Well, that's mm-hmm. good to know because polenta is not cheap. Yeah, right, because you're buying it Already made, but cornmeal is a lot cheaper. And you know, Brooke Bohannon, Wicked Good Produce, she sells it every week. So if you're in the valley, you can order cornmeal from her and pick it up. So that's something to look into if you're looking for a local source here in Montana. But I have a whole big ceramic jar of it in my fridge now from collecting it from her for a while. And you can get blue cornmeal or yellow. You can have some fun with it. I think it'd be fun to also make some corn chips, although I'm trying to not have chips right now, um, favoring more of the, the heavier, more wet food, if you will, over the dry processed food because it's not so good for my digestion this time of the year so that's why polenta is working so well for me right now
0: wow well that's uh good mike finally made homemade tortillas this year that was so cool they're just and i don't know they're delicious i'm not sure they're very good for me either though they're maybe on that dry side
1: Mm-hmm. As
0: compared to wet food, and I was telling my mom was kind of on my case about my uh, diet, and she picked up this jar of salsa in the store because I tell her I put salsa on everything, mm. and of course the jar she picked up had sugar in it. But the wow. I looked at the ones I usually buy don't. So, but that probably constitutes a wet food, huh?
1: <laughs> well, you know, there's so many different impacts of and qualities of all different foods and. I think it's important to think about, you know, this time of year. Like, what has your body been processing, digesting? I know that for a lot of folks around the holidays, there's a lot more inflammatory foods around: um, dairy, gluten, alcohol, sugar, <laughs> to name a few. And even though it's the time of year where maybe we could utilize those in some ways right they can help stimulate digestive fire depending on what they are um if you're having like spicy foods for example i think that we can still go into that space of too much so it's more about observing jackie like how does it impact you and what's the quality of your digestion and um how do you feel with that much salsa i know for me I have a limit. I love spicy food, but I really have to be mindful because my digestive system isn't happy. And I'm happy to go there with folks if they're interested um, in the health coaching world. You know, I don't have a lot of filters around talking about digestion, but I want to be mindful for your audience. So um I think it just really depends on on what works for you. I think, yeah, I can see why, yeah, salsa has a lot of moisture in it, right? There's, you know, it's, it's definitely um, not like a chip. It's not crunchy, but then we want to think about, well, what else, like how many spicy foods are you eating and how is that impacting like the stomach lining and the intestines and, you know, what's the impact? So there may be some other options for dipping things in (laughs) like hummus or, I made a, a tahini coconut sauce the other day for a dish I made and just being mindful about like, if that's the desire, the sauces and the dips, like what are the qualities of the foods? Not just if it's dry or wet. That sounds good. A tahini
0: coconut dip. And I found a recipe the other day for hummus without the tahini.
1: Tahini is oh.
0: that That's sounding good.
1: Hmm. Yeah. There's so many. And I think it's just being creative, right? And, and, sure allowing yourself to be unattached. So I think it's a good time of year to try other things and see how your body responds because often by this time we've gotten stuck in some kind of rut or pattern or desire or attachment to our food. So I'm enjoying exploring with polenta and hoping to really limit some of those inflammatory foods as I move into the new year and just wanting to feel better. Cool. Well, that sounds like a good recipe where you, put it in the crock pot while you're climbing up the mountain. Yeah, that was the chicken. That was that a sounds
0: whole... like a big ordeal.
1: <laughs> it was. It took a long time. But, okay. yeah, but
0: then I, to come I, home to that meal all cooked sounds good.
1: It was good. So I had to do the polenta in advance, but the chicken, I'd never done a whole chicken in a crock pot before. Oh. And that was great. And I actually, I made it was it wasn't super spicy, but we had a tomato based sauce for it that I had made. And then it actually marinated in that all night. And then I put it in the crock pot. So it was just, it just fell off the bone and it was really delicious and easy to eat. It wasn't dry at all. And it cooked for four hours on high. So I did that in the morning before we left and then just put it on warm. But you could also do, I think, eight hours on low for a whole chicken in a crock pot. And he doesn't need as much liquid as we had. I then took that and cooked it down on the stove and made like a, almost like a gravy, like a thinner gravy to put on top of the chicken afterwards. So we had polenta and the chicken and the red sauce gravy, and then some avocado and lime and we forgot to get sour cream so we used a whole milk plain yogurt which was delicious it was a really good dinner and some cilantro of course so bringing in that cool the cooling elements cool I like homemade yogurt
0: or vanilla or just plain yogurt better than sour cream anyway oh yeah it's delicious
1: that's something oh, cool I like.
0: well thanks for sharing with us today anything else that you want to
1: talk about or I, I think just encouraging folks to experiment and explore right now. I think there's this, you know, we walked into the grocery store and my boyfriend said, oh, they're really feeding into the diet craze right now because they had all these things right at the front of the store, knowing people had set New Year's resolutions, which was smart on their part. But recognizing that it doesn't have to be a crazy overhaul, right? So taking that 1% or one turn of the dial, um, which is kind of what I felt like I did going from all the sweet baked goods to polenta, you know, still having some of the similar qualities, but something a little lighter and without all of the sugar. So just looking into how can you make that 1% turn and and if there is a lot of inflammation or inflammatory foods in your diet, just looking for other ways to explore eating. And I made a, a chickpea salad the other day and it was I soaked the chickpeas overnight and then I cooked them down and then I made rice to go with it and had a bunch of mint and cilantro in there. And that's what I made the tahini dressing for. And you can have that warm or cold and just kind of exploring what is your body craving right now that will balance how you're feeling. Right? So sometimes we can get stuck in a rut with craving the things that keep us out of balance. If that makes sense. Like, You know, we're not feeling great. We're feeling lethargic and we're just craving pizza and heavy doughs and that kind of thing. But like, what does your body actually want that might help uplift you? What sounds good that might be lighter or more stimulating, for example? So I think it's just a time to be creative and explore. I totally hear you there. The one I'm struggling
0: with, and I think, but it might spur me into action is, the price of lettuce with the, you know, E. coli recall. I'm totally craving salads and I'm thinking about, you know, starting a winter crop or maybe getting into
1: microgreens. Yes. I want to put a little shelf in front of our kitchen window and at least start growing cilantro and basil and mint and some things in the winter to have readily available. I think, you know, having something that's alive you know, eating it right out of the ground, so to speak is really potent. And
0: Oh yeah. Fresh herbs on your windowsill are the best. I'm so amazed my mom doesn't have a basil plant inside because she's such a big cook.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I like a million plants. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's a good thing too. It's that I've been thinking about not food related, but You know, I guess oxygen is food too. And being inside with the heat on more in the winter, and wanting to have more house plants, I visited a dear friend in Michigan who has so many house plants. Two friends, the two people I stayed with, both had lots of house plants, and it just kind of opened my eyes up to that too. Like, oh, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, let the plants do the filtering. (laughs) All right, let them feed you. And and there's so many ways in your air. Exactly. Well, I'm excited to hear about the microgreens that you are wanting to grow. Yeah, well, that's going to be my next research project. Cool. Well, looking forward to hearing that. Thanks for sharing with us today. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone listening as well. Yeah,
0: you too. Well said. It feel like it was waiting a long time to come and now it's, I'm like, oh my God, it's already the sixth day of January.
1: You know, this morning I even thought it was the ninth. (laughs) I couldn't remember what day it was today. And um I think it took me a while to settle into the new year as well because there's been so much change. I just needed some time to catch up. And now I'm like, oh, I'm like a week. I'm I'm joining the new year like a week late. Like, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> I'm ready for it to be new and different and and have some new goals and vision without it being total upheaval. So right there with you. Well, happy new year. Happy New Year
0: hey green future growers did you get your copy of the organic gardener podcast garden journal and record keeper one of the things that I've learned to be most beneficial for my guests that will save you time and energy is to keep detailed records of your garden journey. So I think I finally found the secret and made a garden journal data keeper that starts any day of the year, uh, cause you just fill it in. It's blank. There's no calendar. So you just, it's got the days of the week. You can record temperature, freeze dates, frost dates, um, when you planted, what variety you got all in one place so get your copy of the organic gardener podcast garden journal and data keeper today do you know someone who would benefit from the organic gardener podcast if you like what you hear we'd love it if you'd share the organic gardener podcast with a friend thanks again for listening and remember grow local